Well, hello everyone. Brian Sussman here. It's the Brian Sussman Show, Faith, Family, Freedom. I'm going to share some things with you that are going to be in my upcoming book. I've been giving few details about the book, but I have been at times sharing things. And in this particular case, I'm going to talk to you about indoctrination, fear tactics, and the mass mind. And of course, this indoctrination is coming to us via the climate agendists. The fear is coming to us by the climate agenda influencers, politicians of all sorts, scientists even. And the mass mind has been growing for the last several generations as those in our schools are no longer taught how to think, but what to think. I'm going to begin, by the way, more on me at briansussman.com. I'm going to begin, and I'm actually reading from my manuscript here. This is a section of a chapter entitled Greenwashing, and the section of the chapter is entitled Indoctrination Expectations. The National Generation Science Standards, NGSS, Some of you who are in education are aware of these, but most of you have never heard of this stuff before. The National Generation Science Standards. These were composed in 2011 under the direction of a group called Achieve Incorporated. Achieve Incorporated is the same organization that wrote the controversial Common Core National Standards for English, Arts, and Mathematics. They're used in countless schools across America. And if you look at the guidelines, and I'm going to read to you some of these guidelines word for word. After a middle school student, for example, has studied climate change, this is what they're expected to believe. Now, this is word for word. So the kid has gone through, you know, the the course on environment and the curriculum on environment, and here's what they're supposed to believe. Ready? The major role that human activities play in causing the rise in global temperatures. So that's for starters. Human activities, the major role humans play in causing the rise in global temperatures. In other words, humans, it's all your fault. Second, human activities have significantly altered the biosphere, sometimes damaging or destroying natural habitats and causing the extinction of other species. So in other words, humans, the bad guy. This has nothing to do with all the good things humans have done and the great things we've done with technology And the great way, for example, in the United States, we have cleaned up our skies. Our skies in the 40s, 50s, and 60s were dreck. They were horrible. Most people, you know, most people weren't around to remember that. But in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, it was awful. I remember my uncle telling me about growing up as a young boy in Chicago. And he, he remembered... Uh, he was he was wearing a nice crisp white shirt and he rubbed up against the side of the of a building and the side of his white shirt was dark with soot i specifically remember being a a, a kid uh, 5 years old or so maybe 4 in a swimming pool in los angeles my lungs used to hurt growing up as a kid in los angeles I, I would have asthma attacks because of the smog. I mean, my gosh, in the backyard of our little, very modest suburban home in a town called Montebello, 
which is right next to Pico Rivera, which is right next to East Los Angeles, we used to have an incinerator in their backyard. Everybody did. They used to go out and burn trash. We, we did, this is way before catalytic converters on vehicles. This was the 1960s. I remember my dad having to jump into a pool to rescue me because I was having an asthma attack and couldn't breathe. We have done a remarkable job in the United States of cleaning up our atmosphere. But you look at these NGSS standards, oh, humans are just the bastards of the world. Third thing a, a middle school student is supposed to know coming out of school after listening, after going, listening to, being fed all this garbage about the environment, human activities such as the release of greenhouse gases for the burning of fossil fuels are major factors in the current rise in Earth's mean surface temperature, in quotes, global warming. That's from middle school. It's an indoctrination process. There is no room for other points of view. In accordance with the NGSS standards, here's what high school students should come away with uh, from their cu curriculum. So you go through the curriculum in high school, and here's what you're supposed to believe. Human activity is also having adverse impacts on biodiversity through overpopulation. Exploitation. Habitat destruction. Pollution. Introduction of invasive species and climate change. This is... A kid goes to school and you're just, you're beat up about being a human. I'm going to continue. Changes in the atmosphere due to human activity have increased carbon dioxide concentrations and thus affect climate. There's no argument. You know, carbon dioxide, if I could just say this for a moment, carbon dioxide <laughs> used to be good. It's necessary for life. As I'm speaking, carbon dioxide's coming out of my lungs. When I'm ex not exhaling, I'm inhaling and I'm breathing in oxygen. It's a beautiful thing that happens inside our bodies. Oxygen is turned to CO2. The CO2 is breathed in, so to speak, by plants via photosynthesis. And what do they exhale, so to speak? Oxygen. Carbon dioxide, you, you can't have life without carbon dioxide. It's essential for living. Carbon, you know, CO2, carbon dioxide carbon is is the is the backbone of life here's the next thing they're supposed to have learned in high school current models predict that although future regional climate changes will be complex and varied average global temperatures will continue to rise done it's just going to happen can't stop it can't stop it oh we better start doing some solar geoengineering then i guess that's the that's the real solution just better get ready go up there Spray aerosols into the stratosphere and change the whole operation. <laughs> At what cost? I continue. An example of the far-reaching impact from... This again, what a, a high school student is supposed to have learned. An example of the far-reaching impacts from human activity is how an increase in the atmospheric carbon dioxide results in an increase in photosynthetic biomass on land and an increase in ocean acidification with resulting impacts on sea organism health and marine populations. Oh, gosh, okay, the coral is bleaching. <clears throat> oh, and islands are sinking. And sea levels rising. I forgot all of those things. Ah. <laughs> uh. I'm just going to continue reading here what I wrote. Nowhere in the NGSS curriculum are teachers equipped to inform the students that climate change is theory. 
It's theory. It's actually, it's actually a weak hypothesis. Instead, students are repeatedly told throughout their entire education that climate change is an inarguable fact caused by greedy human behavior. Instead of introducing students to the world of scientific inquiry, NGSS seeks to inculcate progressive social values by engaging students during classroom instruction, persuasively pressuring them to become active participants in rescuing the planet in accordance with the environmentalist gospel. This is not education, friends. It's something known by psychologists and even marketing specialists as fear appeal. That's what they're doing to us. It's fear appeal. What's fear appeal? I'll go to the National Library of Medicine. Fear appeals are persuasive messages that attempt to arouse fear by emphasizing the potential danger and harm that will befall individuals if they do not adopt the message's recommendations. Okay, if that's too much for you, let me go on to something else. Here's an article in Psychology Today, expands on this definition. With very specific warnings for those who employ fear appeal, Clearly, Psychology Today says, fear appeals do not only provoke fear reactions, there can be feelings of disgust, anger, anxiety, or guilt. These emotions may have an effect on behavioral changes. The practice of fear appeals has its warranted critics, especially if applied unethically. If fear is used to motivate attitudinal or behavioral change, it should be used judiciously. Moreover, it might be best directed toward individuals who are known and for whom the recommendations apply appropriately rather than an ambiguous population. So let's just continue here. Let me throw this one out for you. Okay, I hope you're still with me here. Brian Sussman Show. It's the podcast. By the way, more on me at briansussman.com. My Facebook page is Brian Sussman Show, which is continually being throttled by Facebook. And um, for daily doses of inspiration, it's Instagram, Brian Sussman Show, which reminds me I need to do one of those today. Okay, let me continue. I'm going to go to a very popular socialist politician. Rock star status in the eyes of millions of voters this person has. And this person regularly utilizes fear appeals to gain buy-in for her party's climate agenda. So I'm just asking you, based on what you heard from psychology today, is she doing so within the guidelines put forth by mental health professionals? You be the judge. Here's what this person said. Our planet is going to hit disaster if we don't turn this ship around. And so it's basically like there's a scientific consensus that the lives of children are going to be very difficult. And it does lead, I think, young people to have a legitimate question, you know, is it okay to still have children? We talk about existential threats. The last time we really had major existential threat to this country was around World War II. And so we've been here before and we've had a blueprint of doing this before. We don't have time to sit on our hands as our planet burns. For young people, Climate change is bigger than election or re-election. It's life or death. Now I'll be the jury. 
That quote was made by Democrat Congressional Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She is, in my opinion, guilty of violent messaging that has the potential to tweak the emotions of those who might already be a bit unstable. Or, or perhaps, ca- perhaps cause someone to purchase an electric vehicle they can't afford. Now, I recall doing some man-on-the-street interviews on Earth Day. You can find these on YouTube. Just go to, I think, just go to my, my YouTube uh, channel, Brian Sussman. I recall doing some man-on-the-street interviews on Earth Day. You know, they were tongue-in-cheek, asking people what they were going to do for Mother Earth on her special day. And one woman behind the, the wheel of her brand-new hybrid, it was a Prius, told me how much she loved the Prius and felt good about being a green citizen, even though she could barely make the car payments. But she felt good about herself. (laughs) It's virtue signaling, isn't it? Yes, it is. I'll talk about that in just a second, I think. Then there's this former magazine editor who was shamed by his friends into purchasing a Tesla. Here's what this guy said. I bought a used Tesla, not because I'm a car nut, but because I had been a hypocrite. For years, I'd been outspoken on the dangers of carbon emissions, yet at the same time, I was driving an old gas-powered heap that got about 25 miles per gallon and sounded like a rocket launch every time I turned on the ignition. My environmental activist friends were not impressed by my assiduous urban composting. LED light bulb installations and energy saving appliances. I needed to do more to diminish my to diminish my carbon footprint. The icebergs were melting, my friend said, and at least one polar bear was wandering around homeless and hungry because of me. So I said goodbye to my gas guzzler and made the leap. You know, I at least give this guy credit for buying a used Tesla because the new ones top out at close to $150,000 depending on which one you buy. And hopefully the battery on his previously owned model still had some life to it. But his purchase leads us to virtual virtue signaling, which is the result of greenwashing. I want to tell you about an, an acronym you need to be aware of. It's ESG, Environmental, Social, and Government, and Governance Principles. ESG, Environmental, Social, Governance. This first appeared in 2004. Of course, it came right out of the United Nations in a report entitled, Who Cares Wins? Connecting Financial Markets to a Changing World. This was a joint effort by 20 financial institutions presenting suggestions to the financial industry on how to better apply environment, social, and governance to the fields of analysis, asset management, and securities brokerage. Given the report's tagline, Recommendations by the financial industry to better integrate environmental, social, and government's issues into analysis, asset management, and security brokerage. Some would say this was nothing more than a clever effort by the financial sector to profit off of the scary scenarios articulated by, well, the likes of, for example, AOC. According to Bloomberg, global assets for ESG-related products surpassed $35 trillion in 2020 and could reach $50 trillion by 2025. See, there's money to be made in ESG. 
And if you're not applying the ESG principles within your business, you're going to get shunned. You're going to get voted out. And how long is it before we're all going to be rated on our own personal ESG? Hmm, not up to snuff. You're going to be kicked off this website, this platform. No, we're not even going to take your money here because we don't want your money. You're not ESG. This is greenwashing. Greenwashing. There's one guy, he's an analyst at a group called BizGreen, or Green Biz, excuse me, Green Biz. His name is Vartlin Badalane. He was asked about how greenwashing impacts consumers. He said, it's not helping the planet or any business. It puts more distrust out there for consumers and investors. I would agree. Some corporations have even been called out in court over this greenwashing, this ESG stuff. For example, a woman in Missouri filed a complaint against Nike alleging the sports apparel maker falsely and misleadingly markets products as sustainable and environmentally friendly. Well, <laughs> here's another example. Volkswagen, the German automaker, pleaded guilty to installing software designed with the intention to mislead regulators and consumers with their clean diesel advertising campaign. Because Volkswagen claimed that these clean diesels were low emission, environmentally friendly, and met emission standards and would maintain a high resale value. That's how they sold these green vehicles. Well, guess what? As of June 2020, the scandal had cost VW $33.3 billion in fines, penalties, and financial settlements and buyback costs. See, they were trying to be green with all their advertising to 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 try prove that they were ESG when in fact they were frauds. Then there's Samsung, leading electronics company, unveiled plans to achieve both direct and indirect net zero carbon emissions by 2050. Greenwashing. They actually once pledged to power their global operations with 100% renewable energy by 2020, total net zero. And it turned out that only 20% of their operations were running on renewable energy, while the other 80% relied heavily on electricity generated by fossil fuels. Greenwashing. Want to be ESG compliant? Want everybody to love us? We're green. Buy our products. Not true. Nestle's chocolate has also been confronted over their claims of producing sustainably sourced chocolate. while their cocoa supply chain has been shown to have virtually no environmental standards in place. I mean, these stories reflect how decision makers in the corporate world too often seek a profit from climate change. See, they're just, they're just taking advantage of an indoctrinated population. The mass mind so easily falls for these marketing gimmicks, gimmicks in an effort to signal their, their virtue, their green virtue. Virtue signaling. It's defined as the act of publicly expressing opinions in order to demonstrate you're a good person. However, the motives behind sex act, such acts often go amiss, creating a world in which the bare minimum becomes the accepted standard. Uh, examples from the Silicon Valley in the San Francisco Bay Area totally illustrate this. You got the venture capitalists and the CEOs who drive their flashy Tesla because it's the right thing to do. But at the same time, at the same time, they will employ a private jet for personal vacations. Then there are building contractor friends of mine who joke about the wealthy executives who are all about saving the trees, reducing carbon emissions, but insist, insist on real hardwood floors 
for their 6,000 square foot home. So for many, the rooftop solar array, the electric car, the vegan diet, the corporate, the corporation boasting their sustainable efforts are simply efforts to conspicuously display their awareness and attentiveness to the climate agenda. It's virtue signaling, virtue signaling. That's exactly what it is. Well, I'll go to a conclusion here. I'll go to a conclusion. And this is also from this particular chapter of my book. Dr. Jeffrey Miller, he's an evolutionary psychology professor. Um, he, he has a book called Virtue Signaling, Essays on Darwinian Politics and Free Speech. And he identifies two types of virtue signaling. The first is cheap talk. And then there's the genuine type. The cheap talk is, you know, the, the little reusable bag that says, my reusable bag makes me better than you. And then there's the genuine type. This is, peer pressure is involved in all of this. <laughs> there's no question. And, and the mass mind is involved in all of this. And our schools provide a starting place for all of this. The schools are raising up kids who want to be virtue signalers. There are some, of course, who are, are the real deal, but most, it's just a lot of cheap talk because they don't know any better. But it starts in our schools, the indoctrination process. So H.G. Wells, you know, the guy that wrote War of the Worlds and The Invisible Man and so many others, he was a science teacher when he first started out. Uh, not a very successful grammar school science teacher, I might add. He was also a vocal socialist who personally visited Soviet Russia and he interviewed Lenin and he in interviewed Stalin. And here's what he said about Lenin. I mean, Lenin, Lenin was, he was the first radical environmentalist to get hold of a country. And while he was out there to save the forests, he let his people just die. Millions of people died during his short reign as the first premier of the Soviet Union. But here's what H.G. Wells said about him. In him, I realized that communism could, after all, in spite of Marx, be enormously creative. I've never met a man more candid, fair, and honest. And to these qualities, it is, and to nothing occult or sinister, that he owes his tremendous, undisputed ascendancy in Russia. He was a big fan. A big fan. You know, given the green government goals conceived by Lenin, who understood the political capital, by the way, found in useful idiots, my estimation is Wells would be a big fan of the climate agenda today. Especially as it's be especially the way it's being rolled out in our schools. Let me read to you something that H.G. Wells said in 1928 about the need to use the schools as tools for socialist indoctrination. You ready for this? He said, the new world demands schools, therefore, to give everyone a sound and thorough mental training and equip with clear ideas about history, about political and economic relationships. Socialism in itself is little more than a generalization about the undesirability of irresponsible ownership. And that the major problem before the world is to devise some form of administrative organization that will work better than the scramble of irresponsible owners. 
That form of administrative organization has yet to be devised. Well, I think it's safe to say that he would be very proud of what's happening today because what we're seeing is a structure that has been devised and that has now successfully, in terms of the climate change agenda, indoctrinated about three generations because it all started with Earth Day in 1970. BrianSussman.com is my website. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this, please give it a like and give it a share. God bless your day, my friends. Until next time.